You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. The following is a Hoop Bowl presentation. episode in another edition of Today in Sports Betting. I'm your host, Devin Ellington, at D-A-L-E-007 on Twitter. This is a hoop-ball.com presentation, or at Hoopball Gaming on Twitter as well. And today, I'm going to be joined by a really awesome guest. Got a really fun show, breaking down Wednesday night action. Had a really successful Tuesday night action slate. Looking to keep the ball rolling on this Maxion action. Um, but before I get into all that, got to talk about a couple of things. First and foremost, Hootball 360, Hootball Premium just dropped Monday. Thank you for all of those supporting already. We've gotten a lot of influx in, so that's very encouraging. It's got really specified and individualized different tiers and packages, all moderately priced. You know, if you just want Aaron Bruski's 150 draft prospects, you can just go ahead and grab that. If you want the wager pass, which I gave out a two-unit winner last night in Buffalo, and uh, my article, I think, went with a nice old sweep as well over at hoop-ball.com. But, you know, like I said, you can get this or that and get all of it, you know, under the Hoopball 360 um, moniker. And, uh, yeah. Go check it out. It's got some really great content. Like I said, these fantasy basketball gurus of Aaron Bruski and Dan Vespers have been doing it for quite some time. Aaron started at NBC over in Roto World. So check it out and uh, give us feedback. Let us know if we can do anything to accommodate you. We'd love to improve it. Josh Millman has spent so much time on the draft guide. And with the shortened offseason, this is just going to be huge. And then Manscaped, can't thank them enough for being the show's sponsor, manscaped.com. Go over there, use promo code HOOPBALL20 to get free shipping as well as 20% off of your lawnmower 3.0, which is a nice new piece of technology. Waterproof, fully electronic, all the works. And then they also have beard bombs, oils, underwear, storage containers, men's bags, all that stuff. All the apparel for us men. Manscaped.com, Hootball20 is your promo code. All right. So, like I said, we're going to talk some action. Got some other games on the college slate to speak upon, which is no surprise based off of what I talk about mostly. And then I got to get into this guest because he is an up-and-coming. 
awesome account and he's just thriving and putting really awesome content out there. And I've used it in the middle of my research as I was explaining to him off camera. So really good content, does it a little differently than the traditional folks. So I'll let him spill the beans on that. But I got Nick Hub today at Pick Hub on Twitter. Nick, thanks again, boss. And uh, how are That's things awesome. going? Awesome to be with you, Devin. I appreciate you having me on here. Uh, it's at the Pick Hub. Um, oh, Pick Hub. Not to correct right. you, but that just want to get that out there for everybody. And yes. I'm very excited to get this going here. Some action Wednesday, Wednesday night action here. We'll break yeah. it down. And, you know, I, I briefly spoke about the difference of your content, you know, versus what we're about to do right now. Yeah. But, um, you know, you, you do, you know, like little four minute, three minute uh, yeah. breakdowns uh, of a specific game. Yeah, it's, it's uh, you know, two, three minute breakdowns of each game. I try to put something out there that, that you know, you, it doesn't take too much time out of people's days, you know, if they want to get a specific breakdown on on a game that they could scroll through my podcast and click on one and you know they, they only have two three minutes to listen to my take and you know I thought that would get uh, be more beneficial for people who are looking for snippets here and yeah. there um, and another thing that I really liked about your content was you provide coaches uh, quotes quite often um, mm -hmm. and I think that's a good source of information especially now where beat writers are kind of being limited with as far as their access to the teams and everything so i do appreciate the uh quotations from college coaches within your breakdowns i think that's uh, a really good reference point yeah man i i i really feel that you can take a lot away from from quotes from coaches sometimes i'll do players depending on who it is but um I feel that you can you can really nail down on a game based off of what people say. So sometimes I do like to put them in there. Yeah, yeah. Um, well, you you mentioned to me off camera that you are in the uh, Pennsylvania sector. Mm -hmm. um, is that where you grew up? Is that kind of where you're from? Or yeah, um, okay. Yeah, grew up in Pennsylvania. Um, you know, moved cities, but stayed in Pennsylvania my whole life. Awesome. Awesome. All right. Let's, um, you ready to break some games down? Or yeah, you let's want, go. You, you know, plug something else for you here before we get going. Talk a little more about yourself or what? Uh, no, I mean, we're good to go. Let's, we can get into the action. Um, you know, I'm excited. I have some notes here to go over some things. Uh, Perfect. you know, I think we're going to be going over some other games this weekend later on, but uh, we'll get into that whenever, whenever you want. All right. Well, then we will kick it off with um, the first game. Like I said, last night was a pretty fun night, pretty successful. Um, and then, first of all, we have Eastern Michigan taking on Ball State. And uh, Eastern Michigan is getting eight points. I locked it in at nine last night. I was doing a little more deep scrub uh, as I was on night duty with the newborn. And um, then I noticed that – um, you know, this is going to be a pretty um, evenly matched up game, um, in my opinion. Uh, it opened at seven and a half. It went up to nine. It's back down to eight for Eastern Michigan going on the road. 
Um, over under 58 and a half. It's gone all the way up to 61 and a half. I did not see that when I wrote my notes last night. It was at 59 and a half. So that is um, yeah. that is crazy. And I went ahead and took the over 59 and a half. So I'm glad. But um, nonetheless, Eastern Michigan and their defense held the potent Kent State offense to only one explosive drive in 11 possessions last week. So. You know, an explosive drive is whenever you let your opponents average 10 yards per play um, throughout a drive. So last week, and we saw Kent State hang 60 last night, um, this Eastern Michigan defense held that offense to one out of 11 possessions to be considered explosive. Um, And, you know, Ball State has all sorts of stats and rankings to show that they are a force against the run but the passing game is an area they struggle against. They are the 105th ranked uh, graded PFF team in coverage. So I think the better defense actually is going to be on the Eastern Michigan side, even though they didn't really return a ton of experience and productivity from last year. Now, before I get way too ahead of myself, Nick, um, what are your general thoughts on this game? And uh, have you looked at an angle for this one yet? Yeah, I looked at it and I have some stats, and you're 100% right. I think the Eastern Michigan side is definitely the better defense. Um, the one thing to look at in this one would be the uh, the passing game, against, the Eastern Michigan passing game against the Ball State pass defense because I think that might be a, uh, a way for Eastern Michigan to get out, uh, out in front or even if they're – behind they they might be able to to catch up by passing the ball i favor eastern michigan in this ball game and but the the big thing that stood out to me was last week's game against kent state only holding them to 27 points because they're putting up a lot of points yeah um preston hutchison you know there were there was talks of uh praise about his game from his lone start last year where he put up i think it was about 300 passing yards Mm-hmm. Um, you know, he's filling in for a career. Uh, I think he had, uh, I'm talking about Mike Glass, that is, uh, 7,500 passing yards for his career for this uh, team. Okay. So that's that's who Hutchinson is replacing. And he's got a tall task, but, you know, on this, you know, he had a 60% completion percentage last week. He needs to cut the interceptions out. He had two, but he also had two touchdowns. So, yeah. Yeah, uh, I'll tell you what, playing one game, it's hard to uh... – it's hard to handicap after one game, but um, that's what we're here to do. So Yeah, uh, <laughs> limited or no data, that's the yeah. fun part about it. You got it. You got it. <laughs> um, and then, you know, Drew Plitt, the quarterback for Ball State, he can be really, really, really inconsistent. And, you know, they're, they're cycling people through this offensive line. You know, if you recall, Danny Pinter went to the NFL last year. And they also have another NFL prospect or two on the line, but um, not a lot else around them. And then also one last note, and we can move on to the next game. On my end, I found a number that was interesting. And that's when uh, Chris Creighton, the coach for Eastern Michigan, um, takes his team on the road as a dog. He's 21-10-1 against the spread. And the number booms over 70% whenever they are getting more than a touchdown. Um, so he performs really well and gets his team ready to go. Um, 
you know, and I think he's going to get them ready to get the offense a chance to uh, keep it, like you said, close either which way if they have to score. So, like I said, I like the over 59 and a half, and I got a good number, obviously. Now it's at 61 and a half. And then I also got the Eastern Michigan plus nine, and we'll probably throw it into a, like, six or a ten-point super teaser to have a little fun. There you go. So – any last thoughts from you on this one, or you want to move on to Central Michigan, Northern? Well, Michigan? I, I mean, just just a quick thought here. I mean, Ball State's offense looked horrible, and um, you know their run defense is suspect. So, you know, that's why I kind of favor Eastern Michigan in this one um, because I believe they might be able to pass the ball and and get the ball moving a little bit and slow down Ball State's offense. Or keep them slowed down. I sure, sure. And uh, that's a great point because I've noticed Ball State. You know, they do slow themselves down. Like, they, yeah. You know, they do it to themselves in an in an efficiency uh, standpoint. Yeah, and who knows? This year, maybe uh, the first home game for Ball State might help them out a little bit. Who knows? Who right. Knows how that'll work. You know, just a general thought. You know, and this is general. This isn't this specific matchup. I've noticed teams. You know, making their home. Uh, you know, first home game appearance they, they kind of underperform and I don't yeah. know if it's to go along with the 2020 weirdness but I was worried about having Buffalo at minus nine minus nine and a half last night yeah. just because I realized it was their first home game yeah but, um, um, that worked out so I'm sure it's weird for the players because they're used to they're used to their fans cheering them on hard in their stadium and I, I bet that's that's part of it the mental side of it that there's nobody cheering for them or maybe a few people I I you'd have to factor that in, but I, but it's tough. I mean, nobody's ever done this before. So. Right. Yeah. These kids are all in a weird predicament. That's for yeah, sure. sure. All right. Well, I'm going to throw this next one to you. I'm going to intro the line and then I'll be interested to hear what you say about it. Sure. But, uh, we talked about central Michigan, the Chippewas, they're uh, minus seven and a half point favorite um, on the road going to Northern Illinois over under 58, opened at 60, so it dropped a couple. And then the line opened at six, um, so I had a key number for Central Michigan going on the road. Yeah, I looked at this. Um, Central Michigan, I'll tell you what, the first thing that stuck out to me was Northern Illinois turned the ball over five times last game, um, and that was against uh, Buffalo. They, they played – both of these teams played two good teams, Buffalo and Ohio. Central Michigan played Ohio and, and beat them. Um, but those turnovers are big. If they can limit those turnovers, you know, it would be, be a different game. But um, Central Michigan, they can stop the run. I mean, it, they looked impressive stopping the run, um, only giving up three, 3.1 yards per play. Um, the one thing on their defense is they, they gave, up, they've gave up a lot of passing yards. Um, or yards per attempt, it mm-hmm. was 10.7. So, which was more than the defense is allowing typically. Right. Um, you know, another thing to look at too is Northern Illinois can pass the ball. And if Central Michigan is, is giving up those those uh, chunk plays, then then that that's definitely a kind of like Eastern Michigan. Um, the last game we talked about, I, I feel like, Northern Northern Illinois um, can definitely get out in front against Central Michigan's pass defense. Yeah, um, those are 
Obviously, very good points. Uh, another just little side tangent about that last game against Buffalo for the Huskies is the fact that three of those five turnovers went for touchdowns. Yeah, that's um, big. But, I mean, that's obviously going to regress. But the biggest thing for me is just seeing the sudden change in success in this team in Central Michigan, and it's all because of Jim McElwain, which if, you know, you guys know your coaches somewhat, you know, he, sure. he was an SEC uh, coach. He went down to Florida for a little failed attempt. But, you know, he took this Central Michigan team that was 1-11 to the Mac West champs uh, in one year. And then they returned 70% of their offensive production from last year, including running back Kobe Lewis, who had 1,000 yards uh, at least in 2019. Then they also returned their top three receiving threats. And I also like um, keeping an eye on Daniel Richardson. He, um, in this game, game, as well as for, you know, freshman of the year in the MAC. Um, he's an exciting kid. He's got a cannon. He can throw on the run. He's a little bit dual threat. Um, he, pre- he has pretty good awareness. And he went against a tough, tough uh, team last week and looked poised. He led a, I think it was a 13-play, 75-yard drive. Um and then, you know, the youth, the youth of Northern Illinois is kind of what worries me. Um, they're one of the youngest in all of college football, and they allow a lot of line yards. On, and couple that with Central Michigan and their ability to um, succeed in stuff rate. You know, they were the number one team last year. And again, we're talking about last year, but, it, you know, you look for the similarities and things that you expect to carry over such as, you know, 70% of your production and your coaching staff and the continuity. So um, Ross Bowers throws a lot of interceptions for uh, Northern Illinois, and that's kind of where I'll leave it with that. Uh, Do you have any other sides, takes, or angles on this one? Yeah, I like Northern Illinois in this game, and and I I have two two trends that I just want to – go over with you and, and like I said on the last game after one game it's tough but um, here's two trends favoring the Huskies Northern Illinois um, they're 6-0 and ATS in their last six games following an ATS loss and they're 4-0 and ATS in their last four games following a straight up loss so that was last week against Buffalo um, so I like those two trends the recent no. trends um, all good things to take into consideration. Um, It's always fun to agree on stuff, but it's also good to be on the different side as, you know, your your guest, just because it helps gain or gather more perspective for uh, yourself. And so I'm actually on the Central Michigan side at minus seven and a half. And then I uh, really like the first half total to go over of 29. I got that at minus 110. yeah, so, I, you know, um, I always get a little, like, scared or anxious whenever that happens. But, um, you know. We, hey, it, it's a good thing. It. It, it provides more content. And everybody, in, you know, not everybody sees it the same way. So Right. There was a – Nobody's right 100%. So. That want the, um, you know, one side of it and then the other, you know, that wants uh, a different angle. So, yep, yep. 100%, 100%. All right. Well, let's wrap this action up and then we'll talk some games that you're excited for within the college football slate coming up. Uh, Unless you had anything else to say on that last game. I don't want to. No, I don't have anything else on that one. All right. All right. 
So Toledo is going on the road, getting three points against Western Michigan, total uh, 58 and a half. Um, I'll be real brief with this on uh, my end. Uh, Toledo had an average starting uh, field position at the 39-yard line last week. That's obviously going to regress. But then I'm also looking at how they benefited from three Bowling Green State turnovers. They turned them all into points, I believe. Meanwhile, Western Michigan's defense was locked in last week by not allowing any passing play to go over 15 yards. And they also put the Akron offense in an uh, average third down distance of 7.1 yards. Now, both of these teams played some probably the more two bottom feeders of the conference. So I think Mm -hmm. we're going to see a really good competitive game in this one. And I think the strengths of both teams are pretty similar. The coaching um, Toledo does have that little more, you know, hyperspeed offense. Um, so throwing mine out there, I like Toledo plus three. And then I also am looking to use them in a teaser. I talked about a couple other plays or a play earlier that I might throw into a teaser. But I uh, was interested in what you had to say on this one. Yeah, so um, the, 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 the one thing that really sticks out, I mean, that they, you're right. I mean, they both played bad teams last week. Um, their defenses both performed well, but it's hard to say whether that, you know, was due to a bad team or if they're at, if they have to actually have a bad defense or a good defense. Um, the biggest thing for me in this one, I think Toledo is going to have to get out and establish the run game because it, it doesn't look like based off of last week, being able to pass the ball too much in this, um, uh, well, at least they didn't last week. So uh, I think it's important for them to establish the run game, and that could be kind of difficult against uh, uh, defense giving up 4.1 yards per play. But that's not great, but that's not horrible either. Um, you know, that, that would be my take. I, I would think Toledo definitely needs to get out in front and run the ball. Um let me look at my notes here. Yeah, I, I, I just, I really think, and, and let's let's continue the trend here, Devin. Uh, Support for this podcast and the following message come from Coriant. Coriant provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding your expectations and simplifying your life. Coriant has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Coriant has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations. Coriant has extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of plan investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Coriant's exclusive network of experts to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. For more information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Coriant.com. That's C-O-R-I-E-N-T.com. Coriant.com. Sick of being upsold at gyms? 
My guy, you're currently a base member. For $90 more, I can upgrade you to our Shred membership. For $130 more, you'll be a Swole member. And for just $300 more, you'll reach Sweat Platinum. At Planet Fitness, you'll get energy without the upsell. Never pushy, always free fitness training and equipment for every workout. It's fitness that fits your budget. Join Planet Fitness for just $1 down and $10 a month. Cancel anytime. Deal ends Friday, May 10th. See Home Club for details. I'm on the Western Michigan side, so we'll uh, we'll agree to disagree on all these games, I guess. Yeah. Um, it's fun. No, that's it so is. Fun. It creates a lot more content, and it's good for the show. And I hope everybody enjoys it. Uh, but Western Michigan, I mean, they're they have a high-powered offense. Uh, right. I mean, what they're at uh, 58 points a game. You know, if uh, if they get out in front and Toledo can't run the ball. That's going to cause some trouble for Toledo. Toledo, um, I um, so. but, you know, I, I noticed that these teams were very evenly graded out, like very closely. Yep. Um, and the one thing that's or two things actually that stuck out to me, you know, Toledo received higher PFF grades for tackling and coverage. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm, you know, those were the two things that separated them from Western Michigan and Western Michigan. I think they were, they were like graded 89th in tackling last week. I think they missed like nine or 11 tackles or something like that. Um, so I'm looking for maybe those two things to be literally the small minute details that separate, you know, if they get good Toledo gets uh, good and great coverage in spots that they absolutely needed to keep the game close. And I, I think that they could even, you know, win this game. Um, it was only plus, I think it was only plus 115 on the money line when I looked. So I was hoping for a little more value on that side. And mm-hmm. I would have taken taken the uh, Toledo money line. And by the way, it's down to plus two now. Um, oh, yeah. okay. Plus one ten on the money line. If I could have got plus one and a quarter, I would have definitely taken Toledo on the money line. I, I like their chances here, but Western Michigan is a scary team. Um, you know, look at them at the end of MAC play and uh, expect them to be towards the top for sure. Yeah. So. Yeah. Sure. All right. Um, well, you you mentioned some games that you were excited for. Um, yeah. And I'm excited to talk about them because, uh, you know, I haven't done, I haven't gotten that far yet. And um, I'd like to hear your general take. So what's the first one that you were – I think you said you liked the UAB game, correct? Yeah, I do. Um, I don't have all my notes put together yet, but I can, I can talk about this one briefly. Um, I do like UAB. Um, I got that one at uh, 13 and a half. And it opened up at 15. Now it's up at now it's up to 14. But um, yeah, this one caught my eye. North Texas hasn't played. They haven't played for about a month since October 17th. Um, they're putting up a lot of points. North Texas is, but they're also giving up a lot of points. I mean, their uh, their offense is is 7.4 yards per play, but their defense is seven yards per play. So. The big thing in this one is is UAB's defense coming in at, at 4.9 yards per play. Um, I feel like they're going to stop North Texas and, um, you know, take care of them on that side of the ball. So, and, and the trends, the recent trends favor, 
favor the Blazers in this one too. I'll just give you a couple. I have a bunch here I'm going to include in my pod, but I'll, I'll just give you a couple here for the show um, if we have time, Devin. Oh, yeah, absolutely, bud. Uh, looks like the, the Blazers 6-1 and one ATS versus a team with a losing record. 6-1 um, and one ATS in their last seven games following a bye week. And then we'll do, do one or two here from the Mean Green. Um, well, let, let's just throw this one out there. Mean Green, uh, they're 0-4 ATS in their last four meetings versus the Blazers. And 1-10 ATS versus a team with a winning record. And 1-5 um, ATS in their last six games as an underdog. So Oof. a couple different things there, a couple different trends. Um, I don't have everything put together on that game, but I do like UAB. Yeah, I um, as as well as um, Coastal Carolina, as and um, Liberty UAB from week one was a team I was really interested in, and that mm-hmm. they've kind of been my my love my love obsession of college football all season. And you you and I probably know more than the typical person does about UAB. And I really do like this team. Um, I think they should be getting Tyler Johnston, the third back, soon, or if not already, from his shoulder injury. But if not, they have Bryson Lucero at quarterback, who is a stellar, uh, you know, game manager. He, he does turn the ball over from time to time. Yeah. He, you know, he's a young kid. And they also have uh, Spencer Brown in the backfield and all that offensive line experience. And uh, – collective starts together the um the uh defense like you said you hit it on the head um this defense for UAB is solid they are so fun to watch they're good in their coverages they play man coverage really well their linebackers are aggressive to the line of scrimmage they have a high stuff rate you know it's just a really aggressive uh defense and they're fun to watch if you if you have the stadium network I know it's a new thing and not a lot of people do but if you have it and you want a random team to watch, check out UAB or look up some of their highlights on YouTube. They're fun. And I, I do like uh, that 13 and a half. I saw that. It caught my eye. One bet that I smashed on this one is I went under 65. Like you said, North Texas has been off for quite some time. Mm-hmm. I think that this total was set so high because, you know, markets and bookmakers were seeing that, oh, man, there's a lot of points involved in the main green games, but they don't really understand the style of play of UAB, which is that ground game with Spencer Brown, and then also how great their defense is for as small of a school as they are. Yeah, and I, I'm going to jump in here real quick and say one more thing about this game is North, North Texas is used to playing defenses that are giving up 6.4 yards per play, so – uh, the UAB 4.9 yard per play is a little bit different. They won't be able to put up as much offense in this one. No, yeah, you, you hit it right on the head. And um, the second game that you mentioned that caught your eye was the Louisville-Virginia game. Yeah. Louisville getting like three Louisville. and a half right now. They're going on the road. Um, so let's hear about that one. Yeah, I liked this one last week, and then it got postponed to this week, so I'm mm-hmm. staying on them. Um, but yeah, I mean, I'm looking at uh, I'm looking at Virginia coming off that big win for North Carolina. It's probably would have been bigger if they played last week, but uh, you know they could still be reading those news news clippings and um, their head could be blown up a little bit. Louisville, um, 
Louisville's been, been playing decent the past couple games here. Their offense has been pr- producing four, 450 yards per game at uh, 7.9 yards per play. So um, That's a high number. <laughs> that's a high – that's a very high number. And if you're going against a defense, which Virginia um, – over the past three games is giving up 487.7 yards per game and seven yards per play. Um, That's the biggest reason why I like Louisville in this game. I think Louisville can put up a lot of points on Virginia's defense, and I don't know if Virginia can keep up. Yeah, Virginia's got a little inconsistency at quarterback with uh, Armstrong. But, um, you know, I haven't dug too far into this game, and I was, you know – Happy to get some insight from you. So I'm yeah. going to keep it short and simple on that um, yeah. and not speak uh, where I'm, I'm not permitted. But <laughs> um, Yeah, and this could be an overplay too. Okay. Uh, we're looking at two defenses that, you know, I believe you, Louisville is at six yards per play and, you know, what I just said about Virginia. So mm-hmm. um, I like the Louisville side, maybe the Louisville team total over and um, possibly full game total over. Not sure yet. Yeah, and just so we are aware, that team total for Louisville is 31. Yeah, from what, what I'm seeing. Um, just yeah, I could see that going over. Yeah, um, yeah, I could see him scoring 35 for sure. This isn't a normal Bronco Mendenhall defensive unit um, this year. Yeah, I mean, no. I think it might be attributed to 2020, but they also lost a lot um, mm-hmm. coming back from last year. And then. Um, you know, this third game of yours, uh, remind me of what it was, which one it was. Yeah, it's, it's Michigan State. I really right, like right, this right. game. Uh, it's Michigan State and Indiana. I, I really think Indiana is not as good as their record. Um, I believe they're overranked. Um, they're, they're running the ball at 2.6 yards per play, and the offense as a whole is, is producing 4.7 yards per play. So, um, and that's against defenses giving up. 5.6 so they can't even keep up with the defense with what the defense is allowing um they have a couple wins so that makes them ranked but um yeah I think the teams that they beat between Penn State and Michigan are kind of inflating that but in between that they yeah. have a win against Rutgers um and then also here's something to consider they're playing Ohio State next week Yep. that they might, you know, look ahead. Exactly. And Michigan State, you know, um, say what you want about them, but they, um, they, you know, they, they put – all right, yeah, they got blown out by Iowa 49-7 last week, but they also beat Michigan, uh, rivalry game, sure, but then they lost to Rutgers. Um, so I think that's kind of uh, smudging the line yeah. a little bit. So They could be one of those teams that gets up for big games and, you know, just – well, man, you're talking me into something a little crazy, just kind of based off college narrative and whatnot. I might sprinkle a little something on Michigan State's two plus two twenty money line, just you know, a little half unit. Have a little. I fun. did. Yeah, yeah I've man. already done that. Um, I got it at eight and a half Sunday, mm-hmm. I believe. Um, yeah, I I really like these. Uh, I really like this Michigan State team in this just in this in this ball game. Yeah. And, you know, it's Indiana very well could have lost that Penn State game if, you know. Yeah, they should have. Who knows? I mean, yeah. yeah. One other official saw it a different way with one of his eyes or something. You know, it just. Yeah. um, 
Yeah. There's a couple trends I have for this game if I have time to, to oh, yeah. just go over the two of these. The Hoosiers are one and eight ATS in their last nine games as a no, as a road favorite, and they're zero and four ATS in their last four games versus a team with a losing record, with a losing home record. I should say. Yeah, I mean that's a that's a pretty steep number there. That's for sure. Um, yeah, you know Indiana, like you said, that I, I like the teams for me to support to be able to run the ball well because it speaks volumes on their overall efficiencies. Mm-hmm. It makes me feel a little more comfortable. So the fact that they can't run it for at least three yards of carry yeah. makes me feel a little, you know, weird. I think Michigan State's actually decent at stuff rate and, um, you know, uh, run defense. So, um, I, you know, I could see them – completely winning this game at home uh, to get to two and two. Um, that, that wouldn't be too far out of reach in my opinion. I yeah. Think, like you said, Indiana kind of got lucky with who they played, where they got ranked and uh, you know, obviously getting that shoe in win against Rutgers. Um, yeah. And it, it's big with the recency bias here. Right. Uh, right. With Indiana beating Michigan last week and I blowing out Michigan state. I think there's some value. Right. Big time. Yeah. A good buy low spot for sure. And, um, well, I've got one last game that I want to toss out and then just see if you have a general idea of. But um, I was looking at um, this Middle Tennessee State and Marshall game. Middle Tennessee State's getting 23.5 points. Marshall's at home. But Marshall, oh, my goodness, they are so good defensively. They, um, just specifically in the first half, they allow 5.2 points per game, point or points per first half. Um, Marshall's the number one PFF tackling team, number two in sack rate, and number three in coverage. And they're also, the Thundering Herd, they're also top ten in forced fumbles. I don't think, you know, fumbles happen by accident. I think it's coached. Really, I mean, some do. But I think when you lead in your top ten in forced fumbles, there's coaching being done. There's right things being taught. And they also haven't allowed a 100-yard rusher. Um, Middle Tennessee State's quarterback, Asher O'Hara, is super loose with the ball. Um, Lots of turnovers by way of fumble and interception. Um, So I I think the herd are going to nab at least two or three takeaways. They're going to cruise to cover this 23.5-point spread. And uh, I like their team total over in the first half of 20.5. So – um, and then for them to cover the first half at minus 13 and a half. So it's just a whole bunch of Marshall in this game. Yeah. No, I, I, uh, I had Marshall on my, on my sheet in the beginning of the week. Uh, didn't end up doing anything with them, but, um, I, I definitely had them on the sheet here. Um, they, um, they, the, the havoc ratings that they put out there, you know, they, they're just a really disruptive team. And we were talking about North Texas, earlier and North Texas uh hung I think what 50 points on this middle Tennessee state team um if if I was looking back correctly and seeing the right schools um but yeah this Marshall team this is um they're they're just looking really good in my opinion um they are looking good and and one one thing that that scares me in these types of games is is a a good team a legit team that's that's favored heavily playing against a team that's not good right two and five team you know who knows how they're going to come out that kind of scares me a little bit um you know um the blue raiders did just beat rice last week um 
and you know I think Rice was yeah Rice was favored um, okay yeah so I mean like you said they they um but here so they went against Western Kentucky a couple weeks back and Western Kentucky was supposed to have one of the better defenses in the country mm-hmm. um, based off returning production they have a few NFL talents in there um, but you know they held Middle Tennessee State to seventeen points and won twenty to seventeen the Hilltoppers did so. I think Marshall's a better defense, obviously, than Western Kentucky. And that, I think, is a similar opponent. But obviously, Marshall just being a little bit more upscale. Um, Yeah, Marshall would definitely be my lean. Yeah. It's a lot of points, but, you know, the big spreads hit, too. Yeah, (laughs) they definitely uh, do. All righty. Well, I think that is – all I have as far as the games that I was looking forward to, you know, I want to just kind of keep rolling with the Mac tonight. Hopefully that yeah. treats me well again. Absolutely. Um, you know, we talked about those three games you were keeping your eye out on and uh, I tossed that one to you to get a nice little uh, bit of insight. Is, is there, um, you got any other, uh, you do some NFL breakdowns too. So is there an NFL game that you were interested in? Yeah, there, there's one NFL game I like this week. I haven't gotten there yet, but I can tell you it's the Ravens minus seven. Mm-hmm. Um, I just feel like this team is going to gonna pick it up here towards the end of the season and, and take it into the playoffs. Patriots aren't that good. Right. Um, I don't care if, if they're at home – on Sunday night, I mean, it's it's just a different team without Brady. I mean, and a lot of other guys, and a lot of other a guys. lot of other, other uh, guys. Uh, most recently, Edelman. You know, he's got that knee injury. Yeah, almost the whole defense. It seems like. Yeah, yeah, yeah. it's. Uh, I, I really like the Ravens in this one. I don't have too many stats in front of me or any yet, but uh, that that's the play I'm going to be playing in the NFL. That's it. That's all I have for the NFL this this week. And then, you know, last year, I believe these two teams played on Sunday night football, and Lamar Jackson made Bill Belichick and the Patriots look like, you know, fools. So it's an even lesser New England team. Baltimore's kind of just been skating by, you know. They they had a great second half against the Colts last week, but, I mean, that start of the game was pretty rough. And like you said, I think they need to pick it up. They need to, um, you know, especially – with uh, Pittsburgh still undefeated, you know, right. wait and see what happens with Big Ben's health. But, right, um, right. you know, this I think this is a good spot for Baltimore. I mean, the Patriots, they had to kick a buzzer-beating field goal against the Jets. Like, come on. That was a rough game to watch. How about it? I watched it just because I had bets in it. But <laughs> that's yeah. – that's, uh, I wouldn't have chose to if yeah. it wasn't as a – big of a degenerate as I am so <laughs> right but well Nick hey boss it was a huge pleasure I'm gonna go ahead and start wrapping this up so we can Sounds get it good. out to the folks you know I, I know they're gonna be excited to listen to this good but day. I want to remind everyone where to find you and that is at the pick hub on Twitter um is anything else that you can throw out there um about you plug or whatever have at it Stay well about me i mean i've been doing handicapping for for years now um just started the twitter on in february of this year so new to twitter i've been posting all of my picks every single one of my picks on on twitter um the pick hub pod 
I started a couple weeks ago. I think I might be, this might be the fourth or fifth week. Um, but I do analysts on uh, analysis on each game that I like. And um, I hope you guys could tune into a couple and give me your feedback. And, um, you know, I appreciate all the support I've gotten so, so far. Well, I know I've definitely enjoyed it. It's a bit, it's been a great breath of fresh air within gambling Twitter. Like I said, it's a little different take and um, definitely folks, you need to check Nick out, follow him on Twitter, listen to the pick hub and uh, continue to get some more great analysis. And uh, also do not forget about the Hootball 360 stuff. Go check it out. Let me know if you have any questions. Feel free to reach out at any time, at me, DM, whatever, what have you. And um, at Hootball Gaming on Twitter, at DALE007 on Twitter is for me. And um, that, that about wraps the silver bow on this one, guys. Um, we will be back tomorrow. And... Uh, well, I will be. Nick will be back soon. We'll have Nick on again very, very soon because I enjoyed it, bud. I appreciate and, uh, it. I enjoyed it as well. I hope um, all of you succeed in some action tonight. I am sending you all of my good vibes and all of my good energies. And uh, Nick, once again, thank you so much, man. I really appreciate it. Awesome, Devin. Same here, man. I appreciate it as well. All right. Well, everyone, take care and uh, do enjoy the rest of your day. This has been a Hoop Bowl presentation. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.